This is part one of a conversation about sex assault, consent, and communication. We talk about some facts and statistics regarding sex assault and domestic violence, the various ways in which society teaches people to tolerate abuse and be abusive, and the importance of learning more about consent and healthy communication. Today, we are talking about sex assault and victim blaming. This is not a child-friendly discussion. I do think that this is something that people should talk to their children about in a child-friendly way. But listen. Agreed. Neither of us have kids. (laughs) And I don't claim to have a child-friendly way to talk about this. But those ways are out there. We speak from the perspective of cis women. So... I don't want to make it seem like sex assault or victim blaming does not happen to men or folks who are not uh, cisgendered people. Our goal in speaking about violence against women is not to silence other people, but we are speaking from our experience, right? Like, that's what we know the best. And also, there are other people who speak about sexual violence toward men and sexual violence toward folks who are on other parts of the gender spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I encourage people to go seek the information from the people who live that experience as well. Like we'll touch on some statistics, but uh, if you want a firsthand account, always go to the source. Agreed. This episode may be triggering to people who have experienced sexual assault or sexual violence or domestic violence. So please be aware of that. Take care of yourselves. This might not be the episode for you. If this is triggering in any way, feel free to skip and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Feel free to go listen to (laughs) the Black Disability History series that we did last month. Or my favorite episode that we did recently was our episode on James Weldon Johnson and the Black National Anthem. The first episode. Those are uplifting things to go listen to. Let's get into this. I thought it was important that we talk about this because there is this myth in this fucking country and around the world (laughs) that we here in the United States don't face as much oppression as women do in other countries. And it's important for us to remember for, you know, lots of different groups that face oppression, not just women, just because discrimination is not blatant doesn't mean it's not happening. And just because it doesn't look the way that it used to doesn't mean it's not as bad now as it was 50, 100, 150 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to, to think that everybody is equal in the eyes of the law when we are not. Meh. <laughs> if you still believe that at this point, you are being willfully ignorant. <sighs> On a serious tip, like I'm not even joking. If you really do believe that there's justice in the justice system Mm -hmm. or that everyone's equally protected by the laws, you are being willfully ignorant and you deserve whatever chewing out that you get. If somebody (laughs) reads you for filth, then you deserve it. Yeah. I think it's interesting how you have these people who are like, anti-women's rights in the U.S. because there's like, oh, well, you guys get to drive cars and own property and work and have bank accounts. How are you oppressed? 
the fact that that's your bar and that's below basic mm-hmm. just goes to prove how much, how far we need to still go. We might be able to have those things, but there's so much more on so many levels, especially just on a, the level of just being cisgendered women. There's so much discrimination with just that. What is a woman? What is a woman's place? There's still gender yes. roles. Who should do what and how one is to behave and be treated and be paid. Like all of that still matters. Yeah, we're driving cars and cash and checks, but my God, there's so much more to life than just those things. And the fact that there are lots of people who say, well, you have that. So what's your problem? Look at those people over there. You're comparing one marginalized group to another and just saying like your issues aren't as bad as theirs. At least you can own property. That's not the flex, my G. It's not. So It's really uh, not. Well, and also, we should be compared to the folks who live over here and the exactly. rights and privileges that people have over here. Right, because this is where we are. We're not in Agrabah or Wakanda. I'm just going to go with fictional places because I ain't trying to piss nobody off. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, pissing people off. we not over there. So you can't compare women's lives in Saudi Arabia or Agrabah or Wakanda to the people here in the United States. Isn't that what y'all always saying? How different we are. But all of a sudden we're, we're different. We're different until you need it to be, you know, until you need to make a point like, oh, there's so much freedom in comparison to over there until you bring up women and they go, well, at least you're not those women. Like, what? Do you even realize what you're doing? Let's talk about this nonsense. Let's, um, let's get into some statistics about the violence that women face, especially sex assault. These statistics come from RAIN, the Rape and Incest Network, I think. Uh, RAIN.org. It'll be in the show notes. Every 73 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. There are over 463,000 rape victims 12 years and up in the U.S. every year. That's ridiculous. Of course, younger people, the younger you are, the higher your rate is. And they've got this broken down. Like they talk about how college age women are four times between the ages of 18 and 24 more likely to be victims of sexual assault. The same women who are not in college are five times more likely to be victims of sexual assault. Older people get assaulted too. 65 and older, they are 92% less likely to be assaulted than people, honestly, in the 12 to 34 range. Since 1998, over 17 million women and girls have been victims of attempted or completed assaults. 82% of all juvenile rape victims are female. They talk about the different rape statistics for men. So about 3% of American men or 1 in 33 men have been victims of sexual assault. And they say 1 out of every 10 rape victims are male. Transgender folks are also at a very high they're at a very high risk of sexual violence. 21% of transgender students of college age have been victims of sexual assault. And it just keeps going. There's an entire list of statistics that are just heartbreaking and sad. And why is this a thing? Doesn't matter like how many, how many times we talk about how rape is wrong and try to criminalize it. It's getting decriminalized all over the place in small ways. Nobody has come out and said, hey, 
all right, we're going to stop faking. Uh, rape is now decriminalized. They haven't come all the way out and said it, but they're chipping, chipping, chipping away with different laws regarding rape. I mean, everybody remembers the Brock Turner thing, right? That guy got three months in prison. I think it was six. And I think he only served three for the horrific rape of a young lady. And he got off. And of course, there were people are like, oh, he's a, you know, he's a monster. He's this. But there are also people like, you don't know the whole story or what was she doing? There's always some rationale as to why the rape wasn't a rape or the assault wasn't assault. And so, like, I can read you statistics all day, but until the societal idea changes, nothing's going to change. We're going to keep having these wild statistics i think they said something like six out of every 10 women in the u.s have experienced some sort of rape or sexual assault and of course most of these go unreported sometimes it's by you know family members sometimes and so they have those statistics here as well and it's just like until there is a real societal shift and you know okay we will not tolerate that it's going to keep happening but i don't i don't see it changing I'll get more into that when I talk about sex education. So moving on to some more depressing statistics, we'll just hit you all with them at the same time, right? So these ones are about domestic violence. And this is specifically, as was the other one, specifically speaking about the U.S. For anybody listening that's not in the U.S., these are not your statistics. This is what we do here. This is the bullshit women have to put up with over here. More than one in three women and more than one in four men will experience rape, sexual assault, or stalking by their partners in their lifetime. Oh, God. Yeah. That is terrible. I've definitely had stalker experiences. I can't say that I have. Oh, I've been stalked by at least two people. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the U.S. And that's just by an intimate partner? That's That's not in general? No, that is just by somebody who's supposed to have at least a high regard for them, if not love or respect. So a hundred people are abused every five minutes. Yep. It says it adds up to more than 10 million women and men every year. Mm -mm. It says one in four women and one in seven men have experienced a severe physical intimate violence by their partner in their lifetime. Like, who was out here doing this shit? Clearly a lot of fucking people. But who was out here just beating on people that they fucking claim to love or care about? Abuse doesn't even have to be like an actual beating, right? Because it doesn't. But this one is. Yeah. But if if I'm in a relationship with someone Mm -hmm. and I am throwing things at you, Mm -hmm. to me, that is abusive, right? Like, I am am not beating you, but. But it is uh, still physically putting me in danger. Yes, you're physically endangering someone. It says severe physical, intimate violence. That's just physical violence, right? Like there's other types of abuse. So, oh God. What the fuck? All right. Intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crimes. And so far as we're aware, I feel like it's higher than that personally, but they can only go off of what's reported. They can only go off of what's reported. And most people ain't saying shit. No, because Because we get taught, we get, well, yes, that. And we get taught to 
deal with a lot of bullshit. As men, women, and everybody beyond and in between, Mm. we all get taught to deal with a lot, especially people in marriages, like the pressure for a lot of folks in marriage, which fortunately this is becoming less and less the case here in the United States anyway. But there is still a lot of pressure for people, though. You know, oh, you got to work it out and you have to support your partner and like you have to be a better partner so that they don't treat you that way. That type of shit. Yeah. No, no, no. We got to stop it. I don't care how long you've been together. I don't care if it's been six minutes, six months, six years, 60 years. Hello? That's the thing that used to piss me off. And they were like, whatever happened, you know, back in the day, people weren't getting divorced. And I still say women back in the day didn't have the resources to just say, fuck this, especially in heterosexual relationships where they were married. They did not have the resources to say, fuck this shit. I'm out. It didn't matter if they do was going around humping every damn body in the neighborhood. All your neighbors got kids that look just like your kids and he beating your ass all up and down Sesame Street. It didn't matter because you did not have the resources. And now people are like, well, we got to work it out like our grandparents did. Your grandparents ain't work it out. No, your grandma had no options. Nope. no. That's not the type of shit we need to work out. I agree that there are certain issues that uh, it would be nice if people could figure them out. But no, you don't need to. And everybody's got different thresholds of what they are and are not willing to deal with. Nobody for sure should be putting up with physical violence. No one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just just time to end it. It really is. Women, non-binary folk. Nobody should be putting their hands on each other unless they are sparring or fucking outside of that. No people. Oh, you know, love hurts. No, that's not fucking true. Don't buy into that. There's so many people. Girl, I was watching this thing. I'll never forget it. It was nine years ago because I remember exactly where the fuck I was. And it was on, I think fucking Vine was still a thing or whatever. It was this young woman and she was saying, If your man hits you, that means he really cares about you because think of everything that he risks when he puts his hands on you. He risks jail time. He faces ostracism and, you know, he can maybe lose his job. So if he hits you, you're worth all of that. You're worth him losing. I said, what the fuck is wrong with this girl? Okay, but you know where that comes from, though, right? It's a very... Well, now this comes from people's parents. Damaged people. I know, but I'm sorry, bro. It starts with the people raising uh, your parents. Oh, you mean like whoopings, whoopings, spankings, any of that? There's a lot of parents who think that like everything I do is out of out of love. So you get taught to view people who hit you in a disciplinary way, you know, whatever way they want to claim, is out of love. I think it starts with spankings. I really I fucking do. I don't disagree. I see your point. And as I get older, my views have changed and they're more aligned with yours. But I'm just saying you, you're getting taught that physical violence is okay in certain circumstances. If you piss me off, it's okay for me to hit you. But the thing that gets me is that they know who they can do that with and who they can't, though. The person hitting you and you know who you can do that with. Okay, let's just talk cis hat right now because that's what i'm most familiar with if a cis hat dude gets mad at another cis hat dude 
it depends on the situation, right? But if it's a boss or a coworker, he's not just going to haul off and punch dude in the face. Majority of the time, that's not what's going to happen. He might get mad. He might have something to say. He's not going to haul off and punch his boss majority of the time. Not to say he's not going to want to, but he's not going to do it. Same with the says hat woman. She might get mad at her boss, but majority of the time, you're not throwing hands at your boss. Why? Because there are repercussions. There are things, you know, like I can't do that. So you pick and choose when you want to get mad and who you feel that you can get away with that with. That's my stance on it. They know it's calculated. If I hit my boyfriend, I'm not going to get in the same type of trouble as if I hit my boss. I think part of it, too, is people, the people that do this do not know how to control their emotions. If you are hitting people because they pissed you off, you don't know how to control your emotions. There's plenty of ways to communicate that you're angry. And also you can just walk away. And this goes for anyone, not, right. like, not just men, but you can always walk away and be like, listen. We cannot have the discussion right now. Right. And it's one of those things where people don't know how to set boundaries, where they think that, like, because we're having a discussion right now, we have to have this discussion right now. And I can't get out of this exchange. And that's not true. I mean, I do think that there should be a time limit on, like, okay, how, how long are we going to take a break from the discussion for and not make it, hey, I'm not talking to you for six days type of shit. That's some childish, yeah. that's some childish bullshit. Girl. It doesn't need to be six days, whatever. Like if you're staying together, you got to work it out and you need to work it out within a reasonable time. Compromise. Yeah. Not let resentment build mm-hmm. if, if that's possible. So a lot of folks are not taught how to have healthy discussions about the way that they feel. Um, healthy discussions about setting boundaries and just healthy ways to manage their own emotions and also we're not taught about healthy ways of like how to respond to people who are not managing their emotions because some of the some of this toxic shit is (laughs) you have two partners who abuse each other that's true none of that is justified like that shit should have broke up forever ago and people stay in some hostile situations unfortunately for a lot of different reasons right some of it is cultural some of it like here in the united states we have a significant religious population. So oh, so religion has a huge influence on teaching people to... Deal with dysfunction, accept it. Yes, teaching people to stay in dysfunction. Mm-hmm. I don't think it teaches people to deal with it. I think it no, teaches people I to agree. stay in it. Yeah, and normalize it. Exactly. There are 20 statistics on this page. I'm not going to read them all, but... Those are some of the highlights of low lights, rather, of the state of relationships in the U.S. And it's depressing, y'all. And there have been so many campaigns of how people can do better. But I don't think it's actually working because you are right. People are not being taught how to deal with their emotions how to acknowledge them, how to articulate them, and how to deal with other people's emotions. They're not being taught that. And so you grow up, you've got all these dysfunctional ass motherfuckers growing up, getting into relationships, they ain't got no business getting into, and then perpetuating toxicity and emotional ineptness, like ineptitude rather. This is the state of affairs. This is where the fuck we are right now. This is Editing Raven. I Cannot believe we did not 
bring up that people learn to be abusive from watching their parents fight with each other or be violent toward each other or having a parent or caretaker who is violent, which Olivia just alluded to. But I wanted to mention explicitly that abusive parents influence their children, not just through spanking. I don't want to exaggerate and make it seem like spanking children is the cause of all the adults who grow up to be physically violent or sexually violent toward their intimate partners. I still think it contributes to establishing this idea that assaulting people you love is justified, especially when you view yourself as having power over them, like parents over children, older siblings over younger siblings. Also, spanking reinforces this view that verbally communicating isn't enough for a person to understand that they did something wrong or just that they made you feel angry, disappointed, etc. Because you can talk to your children. You can have a conversation with them and communicate that they did something wrong. You don't need to hit people to communicate that. So some folks who hit their children definitely hit their spouses, partners as well. And growing up, watching your parents or guardians assault and abuse each other or others in the house teaches children that this is acceptable to do. A lot of times, kids aren't just watching this violence go down, which a lot of people don't even think that their children are watching. They don't think it's going to influence their children. They don't care whether or not it's going to influence their children. They are having exchanges with their parents about it or listening to exchanges involving the abuse or assaulting. And they absorb whatever broken-ass messages they hear from the abusive people and from the people or person who suffers the abuse. These are various harmful ideas about what to expect from relationships, what love looks like, how you should treat the people you love, fucked up ideas about respect, and also how people should fulfill gender roles. For women, a lot of times, or female-presenting people, in a lot of households, especially households like this, <laughs> we are told to be the submissive, be polite and obedient, and put other people's needs and desires above your own, even if it causes you harm. Or the opposite, a lot of guys or male-presenting people are taught in these households that they ought to be the disciplinarian, exercising control, punishing partners for not meeting expectations or fulfilling their duties, whatever that is, and they should view themselves as the leader and always having the final say. So you don't need to care about other people's well-being as much as other people need to care about yours. I am not saying all relationships in which there is this submissive and dominant dynamic are harmful. I care when people want to bring violence into it and perpetuate that bullshit and teach their children that this is how relationships ought to be. This is the correct way or this is what you should expect, especially since for children, that's the relationship that we view the most typically is, you know, the relationships of whoever it is that's taking care of us. And so it gives you this very warped view of 
what you can look forward to or what to look for in a partner. And it doesn't open your mind to understanding that you don't have to put up with that. So it's not surprising that sometimes, if not often, children raised by people with these beliefs don't only grow up to assault intimate partners who aren't relatives. Prior to that, they will abuse siblings, cousins, or children who aren't blood relatives, but maybe they're being raised in the same house or maybe frequenting that house that is an abusive environment. And this is the case regarding sexual violence and non-sexual physical violence. The other side of this is people learning to tolerate abuse or unwanted contact from family members, intimate partners, and people in general. So this creates a vicious circle. People being abusive toward each other or tolerating abuse from a partner and passing that thinking on to their children and then bringing more people up who are abusive or end up victims of abuse and on and on and on. Back to the conversation. A big part of this topic that we wanted to dive into was victim blaming, especially when it comes to women. But I think yes. this is applicable to a lot of folks who mm -hmm. suffer violence, especially from intimate partners or people they love. But with women, it is our responsibility, supposedly, to avoid being assaulted and our fault a lot when we get victimized. And mm -hmm. this could be any type of victimization. It might be sexual. It might be stalking, unwanted contact of any type. When Le Curie and I had an episode on sex assault, when we were talking about the statistics surrounding disabled people being assaulted and people not being believed and things like that. I talked about how I went to the police about one of the stalkers that I had. The police, the people that I spoke to, essentially made it out to be my fault. You know, like, how long have you known this person? Why are you inviting someone to your place when you've only known them for X amount of time? How do you know that it's this person, right? Because, we, you know, I'm blind, so I can't possibly know who's showing up here. Or anything ever. Yeah, you're uh, incompetent. And you know that? <laughs> yeah, this happens to blind folks all the time when we get victimized. And I'm sure lots of disabled people happens to women, happens to black people, right? Like it's mm -hmm. your fault. You should have known in some way or like, I'm just like, man, are we just supposed to exist in a bubble? And like, you're not supposed to invite anybody over. You're not supposed to talk to people you don't know. You're not. So I'm just like. This is unreasonable. Not saying that you should leave your door open for everybody to show up, everybody and anybody. But if there's an established relationship, I guess, I don't know, I'm fucking dumb in expecting that people are going to have respect for me. And the police for sure blamed me for being stalked. Wow. This is, is definitely a reality. And I know lots of people have dealt with this. It's not just me. Mm-hmm. It's sad because there is this huge double standard regarding women and the list of things we should and should not do to 
avoid being assaulted and to keep ourselves safe. And essentially, you just shouldn't fucking interact with anybody they make it seem like. Yeah. Really. Fucking ridiculous. It is ridiculous that, you know, there's all of these things. It's like, don't talk too much or too little and and don't make your partner angry, right? Like we said earlier, don't provoke Mm -hmm. them. Don't provoke them. And travel during certain times of day and... Don't wear this. Take different routes to wherever you go frequently. There's all these things and it's like, okay, at what point are we going to take steps to educate, inform, place expectation and accountability upon people doing the assaulting listen is is it just unreasonable to have these expectations like we're we're not even fucking it's, trying it's the patriarchy i know people are probably like ah oh, here she goes again <laughs> but the fact is is that because we live in a male dominated society men get a pass Like, I will never forget. This was like 2018. There was this mother of four boys and she was trying to petition the school where her sons went. I think it was a college and she was trying to petition the school to outlaw or whatever you call it in schools, outlaw leggings because she said her sons shouldn't be tempted. They were good Catholic boys and women shouldn't be. And I think she did say girls, you know, that just goes to show you right there. But girls shouldn't be wearing leggings and, and clothing that was going to entice her boys off the path of a good Christian boy or a good Catholic boy, rather. And those girls were making it hard for her sons to be men of God. And I said, what about you're potentially raping ass sons. Where is their culpability in this situation? Because if I see a sexy dude, oh, I'm not just going and going grab him and grab me a handful of penis. I'm not like, well, I, I couldn't help myself. He just looks so great. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. A guy can go out and get sloppy drunk and maybe he gets robbed. Maybe he doesn't. But if a woman goes out, she gets sloppy drunk. She has a potential of being raped. Not to say that man doesn't have a potential of being raped. But we all know, as statistics show, they said one out of 10 men are victims of of rape Mm -hmm. or completed or attempted. Six out of 10 women. And it's not even always like her being drunk or whatever. Women are at a higher risk. That's just what the fuck it is. So instead of saying, hey, guys, sons, male presenting people, don't rape. This is what consent is. This is what you should do. No does not mean you are less of a person. No just means that person does not want to share their body with you and that's okay. We don't teach that shit. And also, you're not entitled to anybody's You're not entitled. I legit heard a motherfucker say, if he buys a woman dinner, then yes, he is entitled to her vagina. There are people out there who really fucking believe them paying $15 for a fucking plate entitles them to your body. It's interesting to talk about this because there's a lot of people who don't understand why women today, a lot of times we don't allow anybody to pay. I'll be honest, you know, when I was dating, I would Mm -hmm. just pay. I would pay for everything because I don't want you to think I owe you a thing. I will buy your meal. Like, I don't owe you anything. Even when it comes down to interacting with men specifically, 
you know, there's a lot of people that complain about how there's not as much romance. <laughs> there's not as much romance in dating because women, we have to be more on the defense. We, we just do. fucking have to be because, listen, to all the folks who are out there who really just want to honest, who just want to date and be romantic, don't come after women. Go after the motherfuckers out here assaulting people. Like, it is not my fault that if something bad happens to me, I get blamed. It is not my fault if something ha- bad happens to me at exactly. all. Exactly. But a lot of times the blame gets placed on the person who is taken advantage of, victimized, targeted. You shouldn't have been leading them on. You shouldn't have been doing this. You yes. shouldn't have been doing that. Well, what do you expect? I have had dudes say to me, Mm-hmm. That if they pay, they do expect something in return. Bruh. I just gave you my time. But, I gave uh, you- <laughs> man. <laughs> like, what is that worth? That's fucked up. And Mm-mm. and I've seen lately a push. They're like, should the man pay. Should the-? And there's a lot of people. Yeah, the man should pay. Yeah, nah. but I don't agree with that. Because what is the real charge for the woman? women can't even say no i told you about the guy who pulled a fucking gun on a woman and they're they're dead women there are women who have been killed because they said no you can't have my number no i don't want to go out with you or Or, no i don't want to keep staying in this relationship exactly and no i don't want to stay in this relationship no i don't want to have sex with you i just was watching an episode on uh my mom watches the Steve Wilco show. And so I came in on an episode. This guy raped this woman. She was unconscious. She was drunk and he raped her because she was not awake to give consent. Consent has to be enthusiastic and it has to be given freely. And the person also has to be conscious. So he uh, raped this woman and then high fived his friend and said threesome. In his mind, because she didn't say no, he didn't think it was right. There's a lot wrong with that situation, obviously. There are a lot of misconceptions surrounding consent and people boiling the withdrawal or refusal of consent down to no means no is somewhat harmful because there, there are a lot of ways to withdraw or refuse consent. So there does need to be a huge emphasis on enthusiastic consent and not implied consent. This is the fucking problem, I think, with a lot of relationships in general. Like, we talked about this on our dating episode. And I know I'm in the minority because I am very straightforward. I don't operate based off of assumptions and implications, shit that you would think is common sense. I hate that people are all about this game and the chase and these are the signals like, nah, let's just have a fucking conversation. We are human beings. We can communicate in writing verbally, you know, whatever your (laughs) mode of communication is. We can communicate Mm -hmm. beyond body language, right? This is what sets us apart from other animals, y'all. Mm hmm. I am just not about the game and looking for the green light, quote unquote. Just have a fucking conversation. You can ask someone, do you want to have sex? There is nothing wrong with asking that question and getting a yes or, you know, saying to somebody, you know, tell me what you want me to do to you type of stuff. 
there's a lot of different ways to have this conversation because people want to make things sexy and apparent. And there's there's ways to talk about stuff that people are just well, that's not sexy. That's interrupting the mood or whatever. Which, oh my god, so um, like, yeah, yeah uh, I'm annoyed by <laughs> I'm annoyed by that perspective. Get Google; that'll give you some ideas. <laughs> that's hilarious. I just think that if a person wants to. Asking a question or just saying like, hey, why don't you do this to me? I don't think that's not sexy, I guess. I think it's the matter of people feel vulnerable asking for what they need or they don't they don't know how to ask. Yeah, so I do get think, taught how to ask. Correct. Yeah. So I think that's where things get confused or people don't feel confident in speaking up and saying this is what I need and this is what I like. And are you OK with that? Mm-hmm. And so relationships become very warped because the person thinks that the other person or people can read their minds. And that's just not the case. When it comes down to sex education, because I I blame a lot of this on sex education or a lack thereof. A very questionable sex education. Yeah. I mean, it starts as early as people not being taught the correct names for their body parts or standard names for their body parts, right? Like, especially here in the United States, Uh, like there's so many different names for people's genitals. And then when you hear what people tell their children to refer to their genitals as, it's like, man, please just teach people the anatomical names, the anatomical names. There's nothing wrong with saying penis or vagina. And this is especially important because if you were reporting an incident as a child, unfortunately, God, or anybody of any age, It's important to report it in a way that is as clear as possible when you have these different names for our intimate areas, right? Like even when you say intimate areas, that is a lot of different places. That could be anywhere under your clothes. Under your clothes. Right? Like Exactly. I mean, I hate when people say shit like unmentionables. Mention that shit. Ain't nothing wrong with (laughs) stop being disgusted by the body that you inhabit and other people's bodies. Please stop that nonsense. Yes. And that can start at a very early age. There is not an age-appropriate versus age-inappropriate way no. when we're talking about the anatomical names. And especially with women, like, a lot of women don't even know the parts of their genitals, right? Because we have a lot more going on than guys do usually. And not it's, always, but. it's so taboo for, again, I don't know how people don't see the U.S. as a religious country. We lie and say there's a separation of church and state, but there's religious as fuck. Yeah. A lot of women don't even know because they're taught that their vulva and vagina are the same. Are, yeah. are the same. And also that they're dirty places, you know, they're not to be touched or talked about and if you are if you enjoy any type of sex or sexual activity then you're somehow a bad person or you're not the type of you're not a good girl you're not a good woman and so people internalize that there are whole ass grown-ass women who still don't know where their clitoris is yeah people go through their whole lives like oh just found out where my clitoris was at age 50 you've had one this whole time but you didn't know because nobody told you because you were taught that talking about your vulva your your clitoris your vagina whatever all of it was taboo Mm -hmm. i think even with sex education i don't even know if it's worth diving into the abstinence only stuff because abstinence only is bullshit (sighs) that just is the fucking case and pisses me off and does piss me off and also i think it's bullshit to not talk to your children about sex like because talking about sex goes far beyond 
talking about the logistics of intercourse and different types of intercourse and what intercourse looks like. That is just one aspect of sexual intimacy. When you talk to someone about sex, you can have conversations about consent or about communication in general, communicating what you like, what feels uncomfortable, what feels the most comfortable and the most pleasurable, or um, how to suggest like, oh, why don't we start doing this instead or, or whatever, and how to have communications about sex during sex and outside of sex acts, because people are not great at navigating those conversations at, at either time, but especially not during sex for some fucking reason. And then also just talking to people about consent. There's so many different aspects to the talk that don't get covered. And I think I'm very fortunate. So I had sex education in school. I took a health class and it was like the most basic sex education you could get where they talked about STDs, STIs, condoms. There was not discussion about consent or how to have conversations with a sex partner, right? It was just about this is genitals, this is birth control, this is diseases. Like, it's like it's just the most basic sex education of all time. And I'm like, okay. What are you saying, so- mean girls? He's like, don't have sex. Y'all get chlamydia and die. Now everybody take some rubber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's not comprehensive at all. Oh, so right. I was very fortunate, though, that I stumbled upon Scarletine as a teenager. I think I started Mm -hmm. reading that when I was 14 or 15. And that is a Mm -hmm. huge, if anybody does not know, Scarletine is a huge database of sex education material. And it's LGBTQIA plus friendly. At the Mm -hmm. time that I was reading the website, the woman who ran the site was someone who is queer I don't know if she still runs the site, but there are a lot of queer moderators. So it is friendly toward folks who are not cishet. That was really cool, too, especially since I grew up in a household that had some very fucking homophobic, anti-trans, all all of those views. So it was good for me to have early access to material that was uh, not in alignment with those views. Also... There's a lot of like question and answer material on that website. And so I got to read a lot of people posting questions about how do I navigate this conversation with my partner? How do I tell them that this happened to me? How do I deal with this situation? And it was it was very helpful and informative to my teenage self mm-hmm. who had not yet had sex. I'm grateful that I encountered that wealth and world of information before I ever had sex with anybody because it unfortunately is a giant component of sex education that does not get brought up in classrooms. A lot of sex education, like I said, is is just the basics. And that's not good enough. When we're talking about assaulting people, teaching people about genitals, birth control and diseases is not enough to stop people from assaulting people. Because I even think of The ways in which we talk about sexual assault, a lot of people use the words rape and sex assault interchangeably, and Mm -hmm. they are not one of the same. It's one of those things where rape is a type of assault, but all sex assault is not rape. Are not rape, yeah. Right? Sexual assault is any unwanted sexual contact. Any. That could be inappropriate touch, fondling, sexual harassment, which can be verbal, does not have to be Mm -hmm. so harassment can be like 
taking up someone's space, like getting too close. Yeah, they don't feel crossing that personal boundary. That's right. It doesn't account for the human element, like all of the logistical things. That's all science based, biological, anatomical, whatever. However, when you talk about the actual relating between two people in a sexual manner, that doesn't cover the human element. How do you Mm -hmm. handle yourself? Because we all have to, most everyone, they'll have their first relationship and you don't know what the hell you're doing. And no matter when it starts, whether you're 14 or 44, you've never been here before. You don't know exactly what you're doing. So you're, you are trying to figure it out and you've got a lot of things that you're dealing with your feelings. And then here's this other person and you're dealing with your feelings and your feelings about them and their feelings about you. A sex education class doesn't cover that. This is Intersectional Insights. If you like our content, leave us a rating or review to help the podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you have any comments, questions, or topic suggestions, you can email us, intersectionalinsights at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening.